Hi guys, welcome back to the Endurance Podcast. Um, as usual, we've got Tim and myself here, and we've got a guest this time, Jasper Paradines. Um, I hope I pronounced that about right. Um, who was a Zwift Academy finalist last year in 2022. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about um, his background, how he got involved in Zwift, his nutrition for indoor training and racing, and stuff like that. Um, so I guess best thing to start really is with Jasper. How how did you get involved in cycling and in Zwift in particular? I actually started my indoor experience, my indoor sessions on um, on a Zwift, and um, thanks to the to the mean guy here in here in Belgium who is uh, who is involved with all the indoor and. Swift uh, stuff. Uh, his name is uh, Stefan Tijdgat. Um He is also the uh, manager of the uh, of the All Belgium uh, squad, uh, who is also racing in the Zwift Grand Prix series. Um, and yeah, it, it was in the uh, COVID in the COVID years. Um, we are not allowed to race outside. And um, I think every racer was was looking for something else, for some other um, objectives. And um, yeah, that's that's actually the main reason why I started with the with the indoor races, um, the uh, uh, COVID. And um, yeah, uh, Zwift was was a nice thing to do. I. I I actually uh, fell in love with it, <laughs> and um, it's it's just a nice way to uh, to get some uh, comp- competition in the in the winter months as well. And uh, yeah, when the results are actually quite good, um, I I just keep keep racing on on it. Um, when you like started racing on Zwift, like was it or starting using Zwift, let's say it, um, you just started using Zwift for the sake of racing or also training? Because like indoor training has usually been pretty popular in countries where the weather weather is not really nice, um, especially in the winter months, like in the UK and Belgium. Um, or was it just like you wanted to race and there were no races, so you started Zwifting? I actually wanted to to race and to to actually pain myself uh, because that was also a thing that that i that i missed during during that times and um i i just wanted to uh, com- to compete against other other riders and uh, it wasn't possible then and uh, yeah that's actually the main reason why i started with the indoor indoor races um and the training the training stuff and and the benefits of training on Zwift came actually uh, later on that I that I uh, thought oh the, the training and the uh, custom workouts are actually also quite good for for the races outside so so you basically like were training outdoors and then um, just racing indoors yeah um, so basically the opposite of what some other people might do um, and now you also do structured workout indoors 
Um, do you use um, erg mode or is it always free mode when you do training sessions? I use the erg mode. Uh, it's just easy to to keep your power steady and and to and to compete the uh, training blocks you had to do. Um, you don't need to to look at your screen. Uh, oh, I I need to do uh, still two two minutes or or some time I had to do on on a specific uh, power. Uh, no, it 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 just move by itself and it's it's way more easier to uh, train on the erg mode than on the free mode totally agree yeah no <laughs> i don't really use the tempo trainer much anyway so but i would say in terms of translating that to when you go outside it's not in erg mode outside um obviously i can understand it makes it easier to hold that that set power. Um, they are tend to not encourage people to use erg mode, certainly not all of the time. Um, but maybe that's another another story. So going back to when you first started on Zwift, I guess Zwift and other indoor training formats are probably the only thing that benefited from COVID in the world. Um, so had you trained then for a normal season of racing outside, and then obviously that was stopped in in march of that year and so you wanted to use your fitness yeah it, i um i prepared myself in winter like like i always do um before the before the indoor races it, it was most of the time on the on the uh, mountain bike outside or uh just on the on the race bike um yeah and bad weather uh, con conditions um yeah what it's most of the time here in belgium um yeah then the, the then the uh, then the covid came and the lockdowns and there were no races so um i think um a lot of a lot of races uh, a lot of uh, riders here in belgium switched sw switched automatically to uh to the to the swift platform or maybe other uh, indoor platforms and for me it was like a a normal a normal switch um i think i wasn't the only one who needs to uh to uh race against against the others so um it was like yeah it was it it was normal so yeah how has your setup um changed over the time like you probably started like with a very poor fun and poor ventilation and do you have something special now uh, that makes you like um suffer less on the bike indoors um i started actually with a cheap uh elite trainer uh elite uh, diretto um and actually with on my first Swift race, so my first Swift race I ever did. Um, I won the uh, Kicker Power V5, so that was actually the the first upgrade that I that I that I had. And um, yeah, w when you are a, when you are uh, selected to to uh, compete in the World Championships, um, you have the option to 
to buy a new trainer from uh, Wahoo. And um, so I actually always did. And um, now I'm racing on the Wahoo Power v, uh, V6. And um, yeah, I have, I think, uh, three uh, fans um, in front of me. And uh, on hot summer days, uh, it can be a tree. So, <laughs> yeah, I find that like the ventilation to be the most important thing, like myself, because I spend like 14 hours a week probably at the moment um, indoors uh, on the kicker with the kicker fan. I just use trainer road. Um, I don't compete or anything, but yeah, um, I know this experience. Um, how do you like ventilate the room? Do you have windows open or like the humidifier? Did you go like one step ahead or is it just the fan and the bike? Uh, nowadays it's the fan and the bike uh, because it is winter here in, here in Belgium. So um, the room t temperature where, where my uh, setup is located, it's, it's now approximately five or six degrees. So it's actually it's actually very good for uh, for racing uh, for racing indoors, but um, yeah, on in this in this summer it's just all all windows open, uh, all the fans on my on my on my head, and uh, just uh, drinking uh, dr drinking a lot. Um, it can be like two two or three bottles an hour in uh, winter in uh, summer days. So yeah. Cooling down is maybe sometimes the most important thing in Zwift. Yeah, most people don't understand this, I think. Like I saw many professionals doing Zwift races, I don't know, for sponsoring purposes. And then you see like a very tiny little fan in front of them or no fan at all. And they're like sweating and they're like, come on, guys, you're professionals. You should know better. Um, have the fans on. But yeah, people just... Because even if it's five degrees, right, you yeah. need the fun. Absolutely, absolutely. When I broke my arm, I was doing turbo training and I did it outside in the winter. And even then I'd start off with long sleeves on and everything like that. And then just gradually you're taking clothes off, taking clothes off. And that's even outside. So obviously indoors with a few degrees warmer, you just get overheat so quickly, don't you? Absolutely. Uh, now nowadays here in here in here in winter, I I always start with my long sleeves, but actually after five or ten minutes, it's like too too hot, and I just uh, move it out, and it's way way better with uh, at the fan and shorter sleeves when you are actually uh, riding indoors. Tim goes for the extra pain of doing it in the heat chamber, though, don't you, Norman? Yeah. Well, yeah. Then the, <laughs> the, the kicker needs the ventilator, um, not me. <laughs> it will overheat with your power. So how much, like, at the moment, like, how much training do you do indoors and how much do you do outdoors and what is, like, your training volume um, in total? Around uh, around 15 hours. Um 15 hours a week uh these months um and they are actually all indoors um i don't even remember the last time when i ride when i did a ride uh on the bike outdoors um i think it's it could be 
half of half of October. So already uh, already two months yet that I actually write always indoors. Um, I remember last year I I spent it like four months every training on my indoor bike. So um, the first ride outdoor was was a little bit strange, but um, after uh, several minutes, you get back you get back used to it, and yeah. Do you still compete outside? Do you still do yeah. kermesses or anything yeah. as well? Or? Yeah, yeah. the uh, the roads the road season here in Belgium uh, start from yeah when the when the Belgian uh, classic starts. So uh, we in the last week of uh, February and it continues until uh, the third week of October. So and how do you find the crossover when you finish the series uh, season of Zwift racing? Normally, relatively short races to go out and you do 100, 120 kilometers plus racing. I switched. I switched uh, to the longer races quite easy. Um, but yeah, you, you, uh, you have the uh, condition from the, from the indoor races. And for me, it's, it's not, it's not a big switch to switch to the longer races. So it's not, it's not that I, that I noticed to myself, oh, I, I've actually problem with the, with the uh, length of the outside races. No, it's. It's doable for me. Maybe the weather's more of a problem in February, March in Belgium when you... Yeah, yeah. more. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry. What's your longest um, ride on the, on Zwift? Uh, my longest ride was probably last year uh, between Christmas and uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, there was a ride on Zwift, uh, the full PRL London. So it's a uh, 175Ks and I think it was a five hour ride. Oh, okay. Not too long then. <laughs> Not too long. <laughs> five hours, yeah. Long enough. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Maybe I... Have loads of bottles lined up next to you so you didn't have to, to stop too much and... Yeah, or I or I just a uh, call to to someone in <laughs> in the other rooms and say, hey, can you bring me some liquid? And <laughs> most yeah, of the yeah. So yeah, speaking of nutrition, like how do you go about like playing nutrition for the races and like yeah, do you have like a special protocol or do you just do what you think is works best? Well, um, I started this year with with a more uh, sp specific um, nutrition protocol, um, but the previous the previous uh, years it was just uh, a bottle of uh, uh, a bottle of sugar, um, a, a Coca Cola or something like that, and a bottle of wa of water. Um, but uh, nowadays it's 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 more. Um, um and endurance uh, uh, powder and um and some uh, gels that that are already um ready to uh, take and um and a bottle of waters as well but um it's it's more it's more professional now i think 
Um, so I so I use yeah I use the powder I use the gels uh, after the ride uh, most of the time when I'm when I when I'm when I not forget um, I uh, take the uh, a recovery and um, it's also the the indoor um, racing world is in is improving and. When you are not improving with them, the uh, your your opponents uh, your opponents are just um, month after month they are they are getting better and you actually need to need to do something extra to uh, to uh, keep uh, competing with them and um, yeah you feel you you feel yourself stronger when you use the right and. Uh, right nutrition and and afterwards when you take the recovery um you feel yourself better the following days and it ju- it's just like racing outdoors when you when you are in a small stage stage race stage race um yeah how do you like what about like hours before like special breakfast you have a special routine like the day before, like glycogen loading, do you do any of that or is it more by the filler? I keep it in my mind that, that uh, and, it's, and it's actually started from the evening before. Um, it's like then uh, um, carbo loading and um, in the day of the race itself, you, you, I personally, I don't eat that much. Uh, because you need to wait yourself uh, for like two hours uh, before the start of the race. Um, so it's it's um, fast uh, fast digesting food. And yeah, just after the waiting, you you eat you eat something something sweet, something high sugar, um, and then it's. It, it's actually racing on a nearby uh, empty stomach. That's and, interesting. Uh, I hadn't really considered how similar it is to other sort of more weight category based sports. Obviously, if it's boxing or lightweight rowing or something like that, the, the weigh in before is so important. And I'd never really considered that in Zwift, but since it's all watts per kilo. And there's the like you say the, the way in a couple of hours before things a different dimension to it yeah and for for me it, it gives me actually a little bit of a stress um like now you have these Zwift grand prix where is where it is um mandatory to wait yourself two hours before the start of the race and like like i said before i'm I'm. I I started with with the with my food and with my uh, liquid intake like one day or sometimes two days before. Um, that I say to myself, um, "Come on, eat the eat the best food and the fastest uh, digest digesting food you can take." And um, yes. I don't know. It's 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 like it's good for everyone um, because you can you can lose too much 
of your of your body weight and i don't know it's it can be sometimes um more negative for your performance mm. and uh then positive because weight is weight is important but you can lose too much weight that you have just no power in your legs and anymore i made that decision the bad uh this decision of uh waiting too less um on the world championships a couple of years ago i i was just so much busy in my head to to wait the less as possible that i just forgot that you also need some some uh, power some power in your legs and um yeah that mistakes can happen yeah two hours before is not a big wind of opportunity to to make up for it if you've dehydrated yourself or as you say you've not taken enough food carbohydrates on board in those days before to try and try and meet that weight does it is it a special um scales everyone has to have the same scales to weigh themselves on or how do they do that so is that uh similar to in the world championships everybody has the same um trainer no in the world championships everyone has has the same trainer and everyone had to wait themselves like two hours before the start of the race um and the waiting protocol is for everyone the same um it just waiting uh, it just wait in yourself uh wait in some um something from approximately 10 kilos um so it's your own personal scales that you have at, at yeah, home. Yeah, 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 yeah. So somebody's scales could weigh a little bit different compared to if I weigh myself on my scales and then weigh myself at, in Tim's lab on his 5,000 pounds scales. I'd expect his to be more accurate than mine. Well, well actually, the the exact protocol of the weighing is um, you measure your scales. It's like like so you have a reference weight for yeah yeah absolutely it's like uh 10 kilos uh okay. yeah afterwards you you show the zero this is so the zero uh display then you just weight yourself show the zero display as well and afterwards uh you um you weight the scales and yourself and it should be exactly the same. Right. I understand. Yeah. I'm not that busy with how to manipulate the the weight in stuff. So it's it, no, it's it's not a it's not a big thing for me. How is um now that like in the train in a like high season for Swiss? How many races do you do per week? Like. How do you manage like that recovery and that the, the training strength doesn't go too high? Well, actually, that was a problem for me last last season, uh, last indoor season. I did uh, too much, too much races. Um, I did the Swift Academy workouts. Um, so actually, last year I finished the road season in the end of October. 
And um, I did the Zwift Academy workouts um, from end of September until uh, the mid of October. So that was actually a, a high stressful period um, of that year. And um, when I when I get the message that I was selected for the Zwift Academy finals in November, um, that wasn't that was a sign for me to just train harder and to focus myself on the Zwift Academy finals. And um, I went to Spain. I went with the uh, Alpecin de Koning team, and uh, I did the Zwift Academy finals. I took uh, several days off, and and afterwards it, it was it was just uh, just like started the uh, Zwift Grand Prix races, um, some some other small races in between to be selected for for uh, future uh, championships like the uh, Belgium championships, like the World Championships. So I actually never stopped racing. Uh, until the last week of February, and um, I was in the in the last in the last months uh, in the last weeks of February. I was actually mentally empty uh, from all these weeks, all these months, um, focusing on the indoor races and on my on my indoor goals. Um, so last year it it was like a little bit too much, so uh, I learned that lesson that lessons, and uh, this year I I just take uh, one or two races one or two races a week. Um, I think that's enough for for this period of the of the of the year, but um, yeah, I learned my lesson from last year. So over that sort of 12 month period between um say the february to the february you must have done a lot of racing if you raced all through the summer on the road and then also indoors how many races do you think you did over that period of time oh, um the combinations <laughs> of <Yeah>. in, <laughs> the combination of in and outdoor it can be uh can be easily 70 70 or 80 Ra uh, races, yeah. That's quite a lot. Yeah. So you don't actually have an off season then, pretty much. Like, do you take like a month off or like three weeks off training completely, like most professionals do? Last year, no, no, I, I did not. Um, but this year I did. Um, I took uh, two or three weeks. I. Uh, didn't any kind of race or high intensity stuff. Um, I actually got the uh, uh, Epstein vir vir virus. Uh, it uh, started in uh, April, May this this year, and um, I noticed during the summer I was I was always uh, fatigued and empty, and the and the results weren't what I was used. Um, so I do, so I did some blood analysis and, uh, yeah, the, the result was that I was actually with the, uh, with, with that Epstein bar virus, uh, that was for me the sign to, to take some, 
to take some some intensity uh, back for my body for the uh, month of uh, October. Small amount of time off was enough for that to to recover completely and you yeah. able to race again. Exactly, exactly, and um, I think that that's a thing that I that I had to do uh, between the indoor and the outdoor and the outdoor season in uh, February as well. Yeah. So um, I think it's it's just good to take some some week rest during the uh, in and outdoor season because other other otherwise it's it's too it's too intensity uh all the indoor uh, all the indoor races are just uh yeah they are extremely hard um and uh, the intensity is isn't something you you can forget what would be like people are still trying to go for us with like what is basically like the biggest rookie mistakes of the beginners that they do um, wrong when they start training indoors um, do you think like what would you recommend everyone um, they bought like a trainer and then or decide to make a buy a trainer like what would you recommend um, how to start um, I would say start and be sure you can stay in in the in the bench that's like step one and um stay there to the to the end and when you have something left in the tank give everything the last 300 meters that's for race one <laughs> and when when you when you are improving your level and we are when and when you are used to that you can think about attacking and um, attacking and maybe took some races with the with the uh, with uh, with a, a parkour with more uh, altitude meters but um, the first races stay in the bunch and give everything the last uh, the last part of the race and how many times would you recommend people to race like every day? I remember I was racing every day and then um, I got sick and um, it didn't work anywhere. <laughs> I wouldn't say every day. It's 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 like when you are starting, um, you you should feel to your body what is what is enough and and what can you do more. Um, but I say start with one one race or maybe two races a week and when when you are um when you complete these these races uh good you can start maybe for another race in in the week so uh three races but i i would i wouldn't say do more than three races a week when you're in the zwift final with all the other finalists um and you're riding together outside in real life would you say there was a good crossover between those who uh, you thought were the the best on Zwift and on the road or did you see some differences in some people who were who were more experienced in one versus the other yeah you you saw actually some differences from from a rider who was used to ride on Zwift uh, they have they have a, like a lower a cadence than the riders who are more um, 
who are more riding on the on the road. Um, that's actually the main difference that I saw. Um, but yeah, a, a good rider on the road isn't necessarily a good rider in Zwift. Um, I saw a good rider on the road, actually a pro a pro rider. Um, and in his first Zwift race, he was he was dropped immediately. But at the end, in the when you see the results, um, that guy had actually the highest power numbers of the whole bunch. So, but he wasn't used to race on Zwift, and he was actually dropped immediately. But he was just so strong that he had the highest numbers. So uh, racing in Zwift isn't is something else than racing in in the in the real world, and um, but on the but on the Zwift Academy finals, I yeah the uh, difference in a cadence was the was the uh, main part of saying okay that's a Zwifter and that's like a more real real road racer. So it sounds like riding efficiently on Zwift versus riding efficiently on the road is is where the those tactics um, come in play. What's what's an efficient way to ride on the road? You would expect the professional to be really good at. You could sit out of the wind, etc. Doesn't come into play so much on Zwift. It's more maybe anticipating what people are going to do and not having to be chasing all the time. Um, when somebody attacks because you don't get that same that same sense of of what's happening on the computer that's what i found anyway when i rode swift yeah that's actually a key point that that you say right now um stay stay in the bunch is like a critical point in the indoor races um when you have like a virtual uh, 10 meters behind you are actually dropped and you you actually had to put like two or three watts per kilo more than the guys in the bunch to to go back into the bunch so it's like wasting en- energy and we when you are not used to that you you are uh, dropped really fast <laughs> that was me when i tried with facing <laughs> I was always in the front and then, well, in the finish, I was dropped. So that was <laughs> four years ago. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, without like taking you too much time, um, like thanks a lot for um, for joining us. Um, I think listeners can learn from the best in the business about Zwift and um, yeah, um, good luck um, in the future. Thank you. Um... It was nice. It was a really nice chat, and I hope I can I I could help you with the uh, a podcast and with with some other uh, Zwift tricks. Yeah, that was brilliant. Thanks for the tips and tricks, Jasper. No problem.